Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 12 of The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmondson. And today we are talking about Earth, Wind, and Wait For It, the one where the gang tries to find the perpetrator behind a recent string of fires. Enjoy. Hi, Tim. Hi, Maggie. First of all, Uh, you look... Amazing. You look amazing. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Okay. There's so many fun things to talk about in this episode, but there's a major, major thing. So I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna dive in just so we can like get to it because I want to tell the story of that day. Okay, yes. And it's yeah. at the very end of the episode. So and it's, it's at the end. So that's it's why it's gonna I was be like, so ah. worth the wait. And also, um, so sweetly, you talked to Melina Govich. Yes, who's now um Melina. Cornu, I believe is how Oh, yeah, that's right. Cornu, that's right. Um, and she had some fun things to share as well. So we'll let's just jump in. First off, Tim, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to podcast the shit out of it, Maggie. Obviously, obs. Obviously, obs. So I'm going to get my professional notes ready. Okay, here we go. Earth, wind, and... Wait for Wait it. For it. I was not prepared for that, and I love it. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I was, I was, that was not planned. I didn't know what I was. I'm surprised that came out. I love it so as much. Well as okay, uh, okay. Wait for it. Uh, written by Anapam Nigam, who we love. Um, Anapam, all right. So much. Okay, ready. Pineapple sighting. There's a pineapple on the chief's desk during the close close blind meeting. Totally missed you, it. I did too, actually. I said that like I knew it was there. I did not. Okay. <laughs> Col- <laughs> Are we also going to say directed by Tim Matheson? Uh, directed by Tim Matheson, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. He did a couple, didn't he? He did um, do several. And uh, I was, of course, so yeah. excited because he's huge, a huge part of Animal House. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, ready? Tim, are you ready? I am adjusting my multiple glasses. Now I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Cold open. It's 1987, and Henry is outdoors grilling, only for Sean to ruin his daddish fun by wearing a fireman's hat. Henry reminds young Sean that he wants to be a cop when he grows up, and Sean lifts off multiple reasons why firemen are better. As Sean starts to head off, he pretends to blow out the fire on the grill. Cut to present day. This was spooky. I'm sorry. I I have a um, a psych degree of separation for the cold open. Tell. So um, back when we were hanging out in the Vancouver, I've talked about my dear friend, our friend Tracy New, many times. Yeah. And part of the the many the village of Tracy of all my friends. Yeah. So one of which was my buddy Mark Millward, who is a firefighter in Aww. in the base in the BC. He, he's I think he's currently Langley. Oh, I but, love um, that. The fir- he Mark was the first person ever to take me to the grouse grind, and when we did the grind, I was actually wearing a Langley firefighter shirt. I remember. I have a photo. Yeah, so that, that came from Mark. So that's that's my synchronistic. That's a synchronicity for sure. Um, that grouse grind, man. Woo! We're going to find that picture. 
Okay, cut to present day. A dark figure in the night spills liquor all over the ground and drops cigarettes on top. Only for them, excuse me, to light a flame and watch it all burn. Back at the station, Sean and Gus attempt to snoop around and see what Chief Vic is talking about. Jules walks in, mentioning it's something to do with the fire department. Sean and Gus interrupt Chief Vic's meeting with the arson inspector, Morgan Conrad, Malena, to offer their assistance on the case. Sean, Gus, Lassie, and Jules arrive at the scene of the crime. Morgan runs into her boss there as well. Yes. So we got to say, Morgan, of course, played by Melina. Melina. Speaking of. Yeah. Who, in addition to being an incredibly wonderful actress, has turned into a really kick-ass and successful director of both TV and films. In fact, I thought about trying to get her for this episode, but she's currently in Budapest and Croatia. filming, Of um, course. Filming for um, Dick Wolf's FBI International. She's amazing. So uh, so we've been uh, emailing back and forth. I love it. And um, she sends her love and was saying how much fun she had on the show. Aww. And I said, we're going to send her this episode. I'm going to send her a link to the episode once it drops. Yeah. So hi, Milena. Thanks for being awesome on our show. Thanks, Milena. You really stood out. Like, I really, really, like, as, as a favorite of all, like, we loved you. We had such a good time. That was so fun. She was so game, too. And for being, and to go from... I think she did 23 episodes or maybe 32 episodes of Law and Order. Yeah. So to go from all that drama and then show up on our show and be so game and funny was quite a testament to her as an actress. Yeah. She's a, she's a whole thing. I mean, now, like you said, directing and writing and everything, she's just so, so good, so talented, so creative. Like, and, and we felt it all when we were working with her then. Like, I remember her talking about some of the stuff she was going to do, and she did all of it. Like, she's doing she all of it. She's amazing. She became very successful through the AFI Women's Women in Film program. That's right. That's right. Had a film at South by Southwest. Yeah. With her? Oh, she's kicking ass. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That she, she direct, directed. I think her husband, David Cornu, either wrote or produced it. Anyhow. Mm-hmm. Anywho, she's awesome. At one point after this, because we became friends, she, she stayed in her guest house one time when she was out from New York for pilot season, I believe it was. Oh, I love it. And there was a night in uh, New York when Alice and I were out there and and we went out with our her and David, and Melinda was the first person to introduce us to Hendrix Gin. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that, that's all her fault. All her fault. Got it. Now I know where to send the blame because now I'm involved in that too. Okay. Um, okay. Sean and Gus interrupt Chief Fix um, meeting. Oh, wait. Sean, Gus, Lassie, and Jules arrive at the scene of the crime. Morgan runs into her boss there as well as. Uh, as well. Oh, and he tells her this was an accident since the building had no fire insurance. Therefore, nobody would profit from this. And while O'Hara shows up, she's mercifully back in the Pepto drink, everybody. Full on Pepto drink. Isn't it red? No, it's like a deep pink, right? No, red is at, um, at the SBPD. You're in fire engine red. That's right. I am in fire engine red. Oh, look at what you did there. Look at what but, you uh, did there. See how it all, it's all synchronistic. With this episode, he's <laughs> so synchronistic. But um, um, at the at the crime scene, you were in Pepto. In the crime scene, uh, I was, I was. Now I'm remembering it. Oh my God, I had so many funny notes here. Okay. All right, ready? Um, okay. The banter in the chief's office is one of the things I wrote down. It was very funny. She's so good in that too. The chief and uh, Melina, very good. Um, okay. Sean notices that the wall doesn't have any insulation and begins to hit it with a stick only for a skeleton to roll out. What? (laughs) What? At the coroner's office, they find out the skeleton was shot in the back execution style before his burning. He was murdered. That's exactly what that means, Tim. 
That is exactly what that means. Are you sure? I feel pretty certain about it, yeah. I think so. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, yeah, I feel so I feel it. Morgan and Lassie fight over who is in charge of the case. So Morgan takes the arson angle and the cops attempt to identify the victim. I'm pretty sure this is the scene where pelvic girdle gets mentioned and I giggled out loud. Um, uh, it's just a funny thing and we talk about it a little bit and, uh, it's very, it's very cute. Okay. Um, well, girdle's a funny word, even oh though my and God. pelvic and pelvic's got a K sound. So, you know, pelvic is a, is a funny word. Pelvic girdle. Um, there's also, a, a a line where Sean says a dead body changes things. Oh no, you say a dead body changes things. And right. Sean says, that's his email signature. <laughs> 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 and I thought it was so cute. Oh, I thought it was so good. And then they try, oh no. So they try to blend the words here. And one of them was, uh, arsassin. Cause it's like arsassin. an assassin and arson. They had a few of those. Fire arsman. <laughs> It was a great runner. <laughs> it's a great runner. I love it so much. Okay. Um, Sean and Gus then visit the fire station and meet the chief there. He passes them on to his second in command to deal with it. Cut to Sean and Gus questioning the men while they run their drills. This was very funny. The chief played by uh, the great Bruce, Bruce McGill, also uh, from Animal House. Fantastic. He's so good. And when the chief takes him over to the wall, to sh- the memorial wall to um, Fireman Paul... There's a picture of Tim Mathis in there. Stop As, it. Yes, that it's it's oh. Tim Tim's up on the wall. Tim is a uh, fireman Paul from their youth. That's a great catch, Tim. That's a great catch. So but even good. before that, when um when the boy before the boys get to the fire station, there's a psych premonition. There's a Gus don't be Billy oh. Zap William Zapka in um I can't remember which movie he, he, summer school, I think he said. Yeah. And uh, who Zabka, who is going to be at uh, FanX? Well, this will be the week after, but we will have just seen him at FanX. <laughs> He's going. I know he is, and uh, no. and you and I are going to be there. And we're going to be um, we're going to be FanXing the shit out of it, meeting people the shit out of it. Yeah, but you, doing, uh, he, hmm. our, yeah, doing our panel together and our photo ops, and uh, well, this will be done by then. We'll be we'll be uh, they'll be hearing this after the fact, but they can still hear well, how excited we are. And hopefully they will have gone and they'll be sitting there right now nodding their heads in agreement going, yeah, yeah, they that really did fun. appear the shit out of it. <laughs> um, just as Sean and Gus learn some details of the case, the fire alarm goes off. Sean and Gus run into the, the chief at the crime scene, even though he mentioned that his shift was over earlier. Hmm. Sean looks at his hair only to find pink specks of paint. Then Sean and Gus run into the burning building for Sean to realize the ceiling was painted pink. Sean claims he's found the arsonerderer. (laughs) (laughs) Sean meets up with the gang again at the coroner's office because they found another dead body at the latest crime scene. Sean suspects that the fires are an inside job, while Gus complains about the lack of Dalmatians (laughs) at the station. (laughs) One of my favorites. Okay, Sean and Gus then snoop around the station and find the head chief suspiciously walking around and messing with things only to reveal that he was grabbing a few things to show some kids on a field trip. Sean mentions he's stolen the chief's phone and tracks his past calls. Yes, Tim. Have we? Have we? Have you and I showed up at the second arson scene yet? I, hold on. I'm looking at my notes. The se- I don't think so. Okay. I'm not, well, regardless, when we show up at the second arson scene, you've had a yeah. costume change. You're back I, in Ocean Eyes Electric Neon Blue. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I think that has happened. 
I think that's happening right now, actually. Sean mentions he's stolen the Chiefs' phone and tracks his past calls. He also says his classic line, I've heard it both ways. Sean and Gus then meet up with Morgan to explain their theory about Dan, Fireman Dan, only to receive a call about another fire. At the new crime scene, that's this one, I believe, um, they find yet another dead body and the dead body of Chief Dan. It turns out that Chief Dan died of smoke inhalation and that someone tried to revive him because of the bruises on his chest that matched Gus's from the CPR. Sean, Gus, and Morgan visit her boss's office, fake a fire alarm, and then sneak around to find some clues. Sean and Gus realize all the buildings that were on fire were scheduled for a seismic retrofit. Do you like my announcer style reading I'm doing today? I think um, it's I think it is spot on, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Sean, Gus, and Henry decide that a firefighter is behind all of the arson, and they're attempting to redeem the rights of uh, two firefighters who died uh, in fires years back. Sean, just as Sean calls Morgan to reveal their discovery, we find her passed out on the ground as a dark figure pours liquor on her body, and that dark figure happens to be her boss, Army. Um, Army, there's a very funny line about him earlier when he says he has to go teach his hot yoga class. Yeah, I'm teaching now. Made me laugh. Made me laugh. Okay, Sean begins to stall and explain why the arsonist did what he did to buy time. Built up with guilt, Morgan's boss decides to set himself on fire. But luckily, Sean and Gus save the day. I gotta say, Bruce McGill is dynamite in this scene, too. Um, wait, Bruce is already gone. Bruce has already died. Oh, he has? Okay, then prior to that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's so good. He's so good in everything he does. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I feel like sometimes I get really, really stuck in like all the things that can be wrong about a situation instead of actually trying to get into how I could fix it. <laughs> and I need some help with that sometimes. Look, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but... When you learn how to find your own solutions, there is no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. First off, BetterHelp is just so easy. It's such a quick sign up. They tailor the whole experience for you. It's very special. It's very quick. And I feel like it's just good for anybody across the board. And they'll match you with a therapist that fits you and fits like your needs. Um, But for me, I find that therapy really helps. It just sort of like lays everything out on the table so you can kind of be a little bit more organized in your feelings, where they come from, who you are. And I think that's kind of invaluable uh, actually in most situations. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. It's true. It's so easy. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash pineapple. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I was so excited about Bruce McGowan's I'm a huge fan, obviously from everything. Animal House and everything yeah. he does. Yeah, he's so good. Um, okay, in the most heroic and victorious way, which we'll we're, let, let I'll finish this and then we can go back and talk about that stunt. In the most okay. heroic and victorious way, Sean and Gus walk out of the scene like true heroes carrying two burnt but still alive bodies. Can I tell you, I got emotional. I got emotional and I I have I was in the scene. And I got emotional even watching it again when when Sean and Gus come out and Sean's Gus has got him the music's playing and it's slow mo. Oh, I don't know. I got very emotional. Hold on. At the end of the episode, Gus has now become a volunteer at the firehouse as a celebratory gift. Sean drops off the new fire dog, who is obviously responsible for Gus now. His name is revealed to be Lady Godiva, and he's clearly not huh. a Dalmatian, more like a Chinese crested. Gus asks if Sean painted the spots on and runs away. Um, as the dog adorably howls at the sound of the alarm. It is the cutest. I'm like, wait, I don't remember that, which means I wasn't on set that day, which I must have had to work on something else because there's no way I would have missed that opportunity. Yeah, you would not missed a, a cute dog on set. No. Okay, Tim. So the scene where Sean and Gus are bringing out um, Morgan and Army from the burning building, there is an explosion that happens. That is an iconic moment in Maggie, my life, our lives. It really is. As with any stunts, because I want to give like a shout out to all of our stunt people because they are always so amazing and and on top of it and and safe. And when you're working with like chemicals, when you're working with explosives, you I mean, there's always an opportunity, which is why you have to be so, 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 so safe at all times. Like even in the scene, you guys can see that we're behind a door. We're behind the cop door to our car just because we are just for an extra shield of protection. The thing that happened was that explosion was supposed to have, they just called it like a debris field, um, like a blast radius of uh, only to the edge of this, like, I mean, almost to like the edge of there's almost like a porch or something. It's like there's a loading dock. A loading dock, exactly. And we're parked way behind it. And so were the fire trucks. And, and it was, I do remember right before, yeah, Tim. Yeah, camera, the camera folks were behind us. They're putting plexiglass in front of the camera folks. But I remember going, wait, they're behind us, but they're getting plexiglass. What's going on here? I did too. I remember they, them they, saying, they, yeah. They, they cabled the door. So the door was just supposed to pop off yeah. the hinges. And, and swing back basically and hit right. the building because it was on a cable. Like it wasn't supposed to go too far. And I remember them telling the rest of the crew, stand back there. And the, that was even like 100 feet behind the cameras that had plexiglass. Yeah, and, and then they we, were also behind the fire behind truck us. that was behind us. Yeah. And I, I remember being like, this feels weird. Why are we here when the safety zone is all the way back there? And anyway, Next and I remember- thing you know, Kaboom. I remember the wave, just feeling the wave of heat, heat going over our heads. Do you remember the doorknob? Oh, yeah. The doorknob from, 
from the door, hitting the back, uh, hitting the uh, the fire truck and fire truck. clanging and dropping down. It was, was literally. Again, it's like we were between the door, the knob, and the fire truck. Yeah. Yeah, that that w- that door was supposed to just like blow a, a little feet, a few feet, because they had it on a cable. When and there's I d- there's saw- debris sh- uh, showering down on our car. Oh my gosh! Like we really ducked. We were really, really, really in the uh, in the line of fire, and and there was an imprint of that doorknob in the metal of the fire truck. That's in how hard tent, it hit. Yeah. And that fire truck was what a foot from us. It was behind, yeah, it was... A couple feet, maybe? Yeah. It was a little bit. We were but all I remember, kind like, of parked. When I stand, when I straighten up after the after ducking, there's a look of shock on my face that is not acting. <laughs> That's real. That, I think both of, I real. think I look at you because I literally was like, did you see, am I crazy? Did I miss that? Am I alive? <laughs> yeah. Are we still here? <laughs> did we both just hear a metal projectile clang against the um, fire truck behind us? Yeah. It was, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. It was so crazy. Um, and all I could think, so as I was watching this episode, I hate to say it just because this episode is so fun. There are so many fun things and that happen, but that's all I can think of. It was such a moment and I use it to this day. Like if I'm on set and I'm on a new show or something and they're like, it won't be this or won't be that. I'm like, tell me the worst case scenario and let's work from there because, I know that things just are unpredictable. These things can be unpredictable. And it was from this episode that I learned that. And we'll just knock on something. I think some of the debris hit some of the cameras. In fact, I think the camera met. Didn't Marco leave? Didn't he? I feel I like. Hmm. don't remember. Did Marco say, uh, I'm going to go take a break for the day? No, I think he he actually, I don't think they were actually in the scene. I think they set the plexiglass and they set the cameras and then they got, they like went and sat with it. I could be wrong about that. I think you and I were the only two people in that, in that line. Um, and I, I, I just assumed like it would be fine. And it was, it was completely shocking. It was completely terrifying, but you know, at, at, as we, that we'll just knock on wood, everybody was fine. And you learn the lesson that like, ask all the questions. Don't just go along with things. Like that's what I learned. Explosions are unpredictable. And those things are unpredictable. Yeah. We got really lucky that day. No, the the wave of heat going over our heads. I will never forget. We both were like, (laughs) I just remember standing up and looking at you like, I, I, did you feel that? Am I? Did I imagine that what just happened happened? Like it was silent for a moment because I think everybody was like, that just did not go how it was supposed to and go. And then our, our slow turn to look at the at the fire truck and yeah. then down to the ground. Yeah. Look at the dent on the door, down to the ground to the metal doorknob. Yeah. Chris and um, Steve, for listening to this, we love you still. Oh God, yes. I mean, we know these things can just go, but I, it is because of that that I am, I am, I am, I am overly protective now in every way. Um, and that's a good way to be. Let me talk about, uh, Melinda a little bit. Yeah. So she, again, she, um, we've been emailing back and forth cause she was out of town and she, when we, when it really wanted me to say what a great time she had on the show. And, um, here's a fun fact. Anna Palm is a huge law and order fan. Oh. So when she left that show, he wrote this part for her. Oh, I love that. I love that. And then at one point in a future episode, the boys riff on. They reference her in real life and refer to her as a strong female law and order character. Oh, and she said funny. one of the oh, greatest times right. in her that's life right. was was to be part of a psych riff. 
Ugh. That's so sweet that she said that, and she was uh, she's so good in the episode. It's funny, coming off that drama and into the comedy, I feel like she plays the comedy just right in this. Because, like, it, no, she's, she's spot on. Spot on. She's so good. Please pass along my um, love to her and also uh, thank her for chiming in on this episode because it's so fun. Um, I will do that. To have her. Okay. Oh, this is funny. Are you ready for some fan questions, Tim? Let's go. Bring them on. Who is the biggest pyromaniac in the cast? You and I? It's got to be me. I have, um, when there was a summer, we took we took a summer, we took the girls to Point Roberts, which is a little slice of America, just about 30 minutes south of Vancouver. And we took a week, we like rented a house on the beach, and you can have fires on the beach there. And I, um, I'm sort of famous for my one-match fires. <laughs> so I taught the girls how to, how to build a proper fire and spent all day like prepping the, the bonfire area. And sure enough, Lit this baby with one match, which is still one of my proudest accomplishments. The fire that came out of this. Hell so, yeah, yeah, you did. This is the boy Scott and me. I my love that. Fire. Oh yeah, you win. I can light a candle. Okay. And I mean, say, I'm a pretty Lily good still, fire starter. Lily still talks about the TP technique of kindling. Oh, kindling. It's all about the kindling. Um, okay, was the fire station a set or an actual fire station? That was an actual, was actual fire, fire station. Fire. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very cool. Those guys had a lot of fun. I wrote that down with the, all the pole, all the pole, all of the pole work, we'll say. They had a lot of fun with it. Um, who would make the best firefighter uh, in the cast? Tim, I got to go with you, I think, mm. with those Boy Scout training. I was going to go with you, Maggie. I'll take it. I'll go in and save a, I'll save, I, I mean, I'd be really good at saving cats. You'd be the best trees. fire inspector, let's say that. I'd be a very, I think I would be a good fire inspector. Actually, you'd be you'd be a great code inspector. I know that. Oh, this is cute. Oh, have either of us set up a f smoke alarm? Oh, just every time I cook, always forget to turn the hood fan on. Always <laughs> set off the fire alarm. And it's terrible because now I'm in a building that if it goes on for too long, uh, the sprinklers will go off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, what about you? I've never set off. A, um, sure, I have. Yeah. Nothing that I can remember at the top of my head. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good at it. I'm real good at it. I have um, never caused the fire department to be called, put it that way. Have I? I don't think I've ever caused the fire department to be called. Although where we stayed in Vancouver, the Sutton place, uh, was notorious for all of its oh, fire God. fire alarms. If we ever came bleary eyed to set, it was well there was all well, there were lots of reasons I guess we came bleary eyed to set. But one of them For was, different reasons. Different reasons, yeah. Was uh was that fire alarm would go off a lot. Yeah, it was kind of notorious for just randomly going off at weird times. So suddenly, like, you'd go outside and you know, you got to shuffle down. Of course, got to go down the stairs because you can't use the elevators. Right. So you're seeing everybody in their pajamas and robes standing it's, in front of the Sutton Place. It's always a weird occasion. It's so funny. It's actually and very funny. Where the, the residences were a lot of times actors are put up is right across the street from the fire station. Yeah, exactly. And so, and during during the second Slack movie when I was living there. Like, got to the room, looked out the window, saw the fire station, went, oh, crap, now I remember this. Yep. I mean, it's right behind this. It's right behind the hotel. They're it's, kind, it's, they're nice, I feel like, during the night. Like, they'll turn their sirens on a little bit further out, but um, it's constant. It's downtown. It's a big city. And there's also, like, three condos, three condo buildings right there. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that cul-de-sac. That's right. Um, okay, whose dog in the cast would make the best firehouse dog? Well, considering we're dogless at the moment, mm. I'd probably have to go with Claude. 
I would say Claude too. Claude. Yeah. I mean, I've never actually met Claude, but he seems just lovely and mellow and like he'd be a great like every time he's he's in the back back shot of one of James's uh zooms, he's just so beautiful and mellow and laying there and he is so magical. He's an actual magical dog. He's so magical. Um, how did you do the explosion scene at the end is the last question. So, I mean. With a lot of luck. <laughs> yeah, with a lot of luck. We got so lucky. I, I really, it's just so funny. The episode kept playing and all, all I could think was like, that scene's coming. That scene's coming. <laughs> it's this episode. I know it was this episode. It's just so crazy. Um, I, I think I actually have that doorknob somewhere. I think you kept it. I, I think I, actually, I did. Yeah. Oh my God, Tim, if you have it, we got to go my, psych, see my it. psych, my psych trunks. It's so funny to me that the doorknob was completely intact, but the fire engine had a dent in it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so crazy. Oh man. Um, but this was fun. This was a fun one. We got very, very lucky and some lessons learned as well. And we got to meet the amazing Milena. And we got to meet the amazing Milena. Yeah. Tim, do you have anything? I'm trying to see if I had any more, th- anything else I forgot in my notes, but I don't think I did. Hold on. I the craziest stunt of, of all time I wrote down, Lady Godiva. Oh, there's a Dobson. Yeah. You call for Dobson at one point. I wrote down Dobson in all caps. I don't have them in my notes because you, you took more professional notes than me. Oh, I do have an <laughs> asterisk. I have an asterisk for your, for a color asterisk for your wardrobe. Oh, what? At one, po- at one point Which you one? were in... Um, a color I had previously called British Racing Green. I've now I'm now changing that to um, Emerald Isle Emerald Isles Green. Oh, it's it's really a Shamrock Kelly Green. I love that because of uh, Ir- 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 Irish roots. Middle name Cassidy. And middle name Malone. Cassidy. My grandmother's name was O Cassidy. Like oh my gosh, her maiden name. Yeah, I'm Maloney an Irish. On my, on my dad's side. I love I love Emerald Isle. I know you got I, your collada ring. I love it. Hoity, 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 hoity. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that in a while, and I've missed it. Hey, you know where I shot that movie? Where? Salt Lake City, where we're going to be for Fanex. Oh, stop it right now. Actually, when this comes out, we'll be like, we were just there. We'll have already been to Salt Lake City. Isn't that weird? We're playing with time. I feel like we're time traveling a little bit. It is a little curious. It is a little curious. I kind of love that we do our episodes on time because we get to talk about the week's events. So... Tim, Fanex was so fun. I loved it. I loved doing that with you. It was a ball. Oh my God, you were so amazing. I, the way you had, your panel was amazing, Maggie. You're, the way, well, we, the like, way we paneled the shit out of it together. We did. It was so fun. And I hope we get to do it again next year. I'm already saying that. And those people, those fans were so lovely and amazing. Um, well, we saw Lake City, as some of you may or may not know, Psych is a massively popular show. Because so the the because uh, I did Fanex last year in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. the uh, the families bringing up their children dresses pineapples and just the huge the outpouring of love from that community to our show was just palpable. Yeah, we felt it when we did the Psych premieres. Remember when we had the secret premieres that we were doing around town for the Psych One, and when we did when when it was Henzi, Steve, and James and I did Salt Lake City. The attendance was insane. Like yeah, it's the nicest. I, I didn't get to go because I there. had that thing. I had that thing with my head. What happened to you? Maggie had a stroke five years ago. Shit, I keep forgetting that. It was just <laughs> such so a dumb sorry. joke. It, but we're yeah, gonna it, keep it doing ju- it. It was just before the Psych movie. It was. Oh, right. Oh, okay. I got it. You were just so oh, hey, good look, in those I'm scenes. I'm in the room where we shot the psych movie. Tim, this was so fun. 
Megan, this was great. Okay. Um, I love you. I'll actually see you Thursday. And uh, this will come so out excited. after we've already done Salt Lake City. But um, thank you for being the best partner ever. Thank you for being the best partner ever. Um, okay. That was Earth, Wind, and Wait for it. Earth, Wind, and Wait for it. Ooh, that was a little too high. Sorry. That was really good. That was like soprano level good. That kind of hurt my, I hurt my own ears with that one. <laughs> All right. I think we can end now. <laughs> Seriously, such a fun episode. A little bit scary just in that moment, but thankfully everybody was okay. Everybody was okay. As always, thanks again for listening to episode 12 of The Psychologists Are In. And don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. And now you can check us out on our Patreon for ad-free episodes, full video recordings, and we're going to be bringing some of you listeners, psychos, onto the podcast with us. So join our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash psychologists are in. Okay, bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.